I want to talk a little bit about relationships. Why do I want to talk about relationships? Because everything is about relationships. In our adult lives, we have relationships with not just our spouses or romantic relationships, but we have relationships with friends, with family. You know, think about how many friends you know. Think about how many people you know. Think about colleagues and uh, <clears throat> you know people you work with. Think about people in town, people at church, just people around you. They're all about relationships. When you go to a store, you're talking to a clerk or to a helper at a store. It's sort of a, a very light, loose relationship. And so communication has come to play when it, when it comes to building relationships. And of course, the more intimate your relationships are, um, you know, they get a little more challenging, right? They get a little more challenging. So when it comes to relationships when you're younger, especially when you're in your teen years, it actually starts way, way before your teen years, right? You know, when you're, when you're children, you have, um, in grade school, you know, we're taught how to behave. We're taught how to act in school. And, you know, and with your, hopefully you're, you were raised in a family that talk, teaches you morals, values, ethics, how to be polite, how to speak, and all that kind of stuff. We learn that as kids. We learn it from how we're taught. And we learn it uh, based on what we see, what's around us. We, we, we learn all that stuff from watching others. So, for example, um, my children, or our children, my wife and my children, um, they'll watch us. And I remember, even to this day, I watch my kids. They'll watch me. They'll look at me. They'll watch what's going on. We all do that, right? We all watch what's going on. Unfortunately, many times we watch the wrong thing. We're watching celebrities um, how they act, we're watching TV shows and movies, and we sort of base our lives around that, which is a, a big mistake because most of that, 90% plus of that, is, is made up. It's acting. And I say most of that in acting because sometimes um, actors are actually portraying real personalities and things, so sometimes that can be helpful, but usually not. So the best examples are real life examples. So when my kids watch how I treat my wife or how I treat others, they're, they're watching, they're observing, they're learning. When they watch their friends or colleagues or others in, in relationships, again, relationships, they're watching and learning from them as well. And then inside of each of us is this compass, is this, this, this light that sort of glows in our belly that kind of knows what it is we want. And... Um, it knows what to do. You know, we have our, our own personality traits. We have a certain way of being that's sort of innate. It's sort of how God created everything, right? It's how, how we're created. We're created individually to think, believe, feel, see certain ways. Um, that's unique to everybody else. And that's really important to understand. But when it comes to relationships, I was thinking about this earlier, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So I used to struggle for some time, uh, especially when I was older, and by older I mean when I started reaching, oh gosh, 16, 17, somewhere around there, <clears throat> I would have said that I had, you know, kind of a rough relationship with my mother. There are times that my mother can be mean and, you know, some other unchoice words. Um, and, and, and while that may be true, there may, be, may have been times that were very challenging where she was... Um, 
saying negative things and acting in negative ways that were really kind of hurtful and painful to me. I think it's important to be honest and factual about those types of things. And it's true. But so was I. I was being sort of an arrogant jerk teenager sometimes. And I certainly could have been a, a, a more decent person when I was a teenager to my own mother. Um, I think that, you know, if you're a Christian and you read the Bible, you know, they talk about honoring your mother and father, how important that is. But even without any of that spiritual talk, there should be a common sense inside loving nature inside of each of us that makes us want to care for other people, right? Makes us want to care for our mother and father, for our brothers and sisters. It should be sort of a natural thing. And um, I certainly could have done that when I was a teenager. I could have loved my parents, both my mom and my dad, a little bit more had I had, I had the skills and abilities, or at least if I was aware of it. Um, that, that could have, could have been really beneficial. So it goes both ways. But my point here is this, that when, when I was a teenager, I may have thought that those things about my mother and as she got older, we, we got older, there were, that was my, my stigma attached to it. That's what I believed. Like my mother and I were not close and, you know, and I, and I sort of blamed her for this and blamed her for that. But as I grew spiritually later on in my thirties, uh, I'd say, really started changing for me. Um, I started to reflect backwards and I started to think of things like if I'm going to blame her for bad things, I might as well blame her for the good things too. Because she gave me so much in life. And I started realizing like, wow, she taught me my morals, my values, how to be polite, how to say yes, please, no thank you, and all these things. My father taught me how to look somebody in the eye and shake their hand firmly. And, you know, yes, sir, no man, be polite, all this stuff, right? I learned that from my parents. So I started looking at that, being more positive, uh, looking at those things, at, at our relationships. And then I started to realize that I played an important part in my relationship with my parents, especially. So, um, you know, for example, it's not always the parents' fault, right? It's like, you know, let's take my mother and my father, for example. There they are with their things. And, and we all have our own baggage. We all have our own things that we, we come from, our backgrounds, right? We have things we that, that bother us. And we have our past. So my mom, let's take my mom, for example. So she was raised in a home where there was physical abuse. Um, and she struggled with, um, you know, body shaming imagery and things that she didn't like herself and all that kind of stuff growing up. Now, would that affect her later in life? Absolutely. She didn't have the closest intimate relationship with her father. Um, in fact, quite the opposite. Now, would that affect how she is later in life? Absolutely. So if, if we look at that, everybody has their past. Everyone has their storyline behind them. Think of a boat, and behind the boat is the wake, that big, long, V-shaped wake that fades out long behind you. That's our past. Everyone has a wake. Everyone has a past that, that sets out behind us. But we're the captain of our ship, right? And we have the bow of the boat going in the front of the boat that's going forward. We always have that capability. Um, so we all have a past. So my parents, my mother had a past and that's certainly going to affect um, her current situation. So let me get back to the original point here with, with my relationship with my mother is that she grew up the way she grew up and she took that experience and then she made her own life and she started a family and she had me. I was the firstborn out of four kids and, um, <clears throat> you know, she passed away in 2020, my mother, and 
was very hard for me. It was very difficult. I didn't think it would be, and it wasn't at the time. I was I had some kind of courage through the process, which was wonderful. But afterwards, obviously, uh, reflecting on that, and, you know, I struggled with that quite a bit. It was, but it was an important part of my emotional, spiritual, mental well-being to go through that process. And uh, in fact, in many ways, I still am. But what I realized, looking back and going through photo albums and listening to stories my father would tell and others would tell, is how deeply my mother loved me when I was a child and when I was brought into the world and when I was in the world as a child, how much she loved me, how much she cared for me. And I found some pictures of her just looking in my eyes and smiling and, and holding me. And it was just like, wow, that was my mom, really? <laughs> you know? Because again, I'm basing it on some harsh things that might have happened when I was a teenager um, and kind of held on to that. You know how sometimes we have Velcro mind, sticky mind? Um, we, we kind of hold on to things and, uh, and we tend to hold on to painful experiences, uh, which is a whole part of my Zen practice is just learning to let go, learning to let go. Um, oh, there's just so much joy in letting go. So much joy in letting go. Very, very important. But we cling on to that stuff. We want to rectify it. And what's funny is that rectifying it is, is boom, click, it's done. It's like it's easily rectifiable in your brain, in your mind, because that's where you feel everything. Right? That's where all experiences take place, is, is in the mind. It's in the mind, it's in the body, it's in our nervous system, right? So um, anyway, so thinking back to my mother, raising me as a child and, and deeply and, and just intimately. She was very intimate and, and loving and caring as a child it's just I forgot it or I don't remember it you know and so what happens later in life is that you know when I'm a teenager and I'm out looking for the right girl the right gal you know and I go from girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend and I, I love every single one of them a couple things one is that you know I'm a sensitive guy I'm a loving person and I'm intrigued by women and I you know I'm attracted to them whatever and that's fine it might be in my biology but what I'm seeking is based on my past, and that would be a mother who was very, very caring and nurturing with me, right? Because that's what we know. That's what we know. That's what we're comfortable with. Now, if you're somebody that was less fortunate and maybe had a, a very tumultuous childhood that maybe had a mother that wasn't there for you, right? You might have had an abusive situation, which is very horrible and terrifying, Unfortunately, that's something that you, you, you remember and you recall. There's something about that in your past that you recall. So you're easily triggered by that kind of stuff. So, so unfortunately, that's what you know, and that's what you see as comfortable. So a lot of people find comfort in those relationships, even though they feel terrible and hurt and they want to get out of the relationship. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of they get mentally locked because their nervous system captures and, and clings on to this this, again, it's like Velcro. Our, our psychs, psyches uh, stick to that stuff when we're younger and say, oh, this, this is very familiar to me. And that's where a lot of people struggle in life because they're, they're, they're finding comfort in those negative experiences somehow. They can't rectify it. So for me personally, when I'm looking for somebody, a woman that's going to be as, to spoil me as much as my mother did, her firstborn child, um, <clears throat> that's sort of what I was looking for, but I, I couldn't find it. And at the same time, we also seek a challenge. We also seek to fill the voids. It's that yin-yang thing, right? 
we're looking for somebody to fill the void. So yet, I want a mother that, I want a, a mother, I want a, a, a girlfriend or a wife or whatever that's going to be like my mom when I was a kid and really nurture me, spoil me and hug me and kiss me and shower me with gifts or whatever, right? That was comfortable to me. That's what I was looking for. But at the same time, I wanted the challenge, right? I didn't want somebody to, to, to go overboard with it because I wanted to be my own person because that's the other thing my mom let me do is let me be my own person. So it's kind of tricky, and that's why psychology is so challenging. But I think it's important to look back at our relationships through our life for that reason. Um, so I was thinking of uh, our son, you know. So our son, he, you know, he was, wasn't the firstborn. He was the secondborn out of three kids. Um, I Even my daughter, our, our oldest daughter, our firstborn, she was highly spoiled because, but spoiled isn't a bad word. How about instead of spoiled, I'll say, she was loved and cherished dearly as though it was one of God's most precious gifts because that's what she was, right? The firstborn, it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I was there, I was so lucky to have been there and um, it's one of my most treasured moments being there for all three of our kids being born because um, each experience was exactly the same for me. It was beautiful each and every time. But, but she was... The firstborn, you know, and, and she was showered with gifts and love and cuddled and, and reading books and story time and Disney trips and just, we, we just did so much with her. And, and that's what she came to expect. And the same with our son. So our son's experience um, with relationships would be, the first would be with her, his mother. His mother loved him so deeply, like from even when the baby our baby boy is in my wife's stomach. She nurtured him then. She'd sing to him in her belly. She'd, she'd eat the right foods and think good thoughts and live a good life. And and then he's born and she'd cuddle him and, and swaddle him and change him and feed him and read to him and never angry at him and just full of love, 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 love. constantly. Incredible amount of love, which is the quote-unquote maternal instinct. My wife has for sure, but I think all women are born with it. Um, some choose to uh, nurture it more than others, I guess. But nonetheless, our son was nurtured with a lot of consistent love from my wife, from his mother. So that's what he's going to come to expect. And so when he's looking for women in his life, he's going to look for role models. What kind of a role model based on his relationships? That's right, his mother. Um, that's what he knows. Now, that's assuming he had a good relationship with that, because I have a friend I grew up with, and he he got um, nurtured from his mother, and, and he hated it. He was like, God, Ma, just leave me alone, you know? Not the case here. So <clears throat> he actually, it was reciprocal, even to this day. You know, he's in his 20s, and he's still very loving to his mother and vice versa. They're very, very, they're wonderful together. It's, it's wonderful. It really is. Um... And so, but that's what he knows. So, so he's going to seek that. And if that person doesn't fill that void, something is going to feel off. It's kind of like, hey, where's all the love and attention that I'm used to getting my whole life until now, right? On one hand. Now, on the other hand, he's becoming his own man. He wants to make his own decisions. He wants to go off and do his own thing. And that he wants to, by nature, nature teaches us this, by nature, he wants to go off on his own. He doesn't want to have mommy there all the time, right? So he's going to want some of his independence. So he's going to want to have his cake and eat it too, right? So that's just, 
again, it's important to look back at the relationship he had with his mother because it has a bearing on his relationships now. And the same with his girlfriend or girlfriends or fiance or whatever. They're, they're going to have a past experience with relationships with whoever it is they're with. And that's going to affect their life as well. So there's a tremendous amount of psychology behind the experience of relationships, especially with the most important relationships. So let's take his, uh, his fiance or girlfriend, for example. Um, her relationship with her father is going to have an impact on her relationship with, with her son, right? No doubt. It's going to have a huge impact on that. But now that she's an adult, her, the way she chooses to be now is going to have a bigger impact on who she is as a person. Now she's going to have to do her own work and come to terms with her relationships in the past as well as who she is now, just as it is with her son. He, he's an adult now, he has to make his own decisions now, and he has to take charge. Again, with the boat metaphor, he's the captain of his own ship. What kind of ship does he want to run, right? Where does he want to chart his boat, the course of his boat? Where does he want to go with it next? Same with a, a girlfriend or fiancé. Uh, where does she want to go, captain of her ship? Hopefully they're both in the same ship and they're, they're co-captains, and they chart the course together. They can look at their past together, turn around and look at the week behind the boat and talk about their week. They're going to hit rough, rough patches, rough seas, and they're going to work on that together as two co-captains. <clears throat> That's ultimately what's, what's really important. Communication is really important in relationships, especially communication. So what does that mean? Well, it means talking to each other, communicating what you like and what you don't like. It's, it's about... Um, but it's not always about what you want, what's in it for you. It's communicating to the other to say, hey, I love you and I want to care for you. What is it I can do for you to help make you your life better? Because if you're, if you're helping to make their life better and they're helping to make your life better, you're helping each other. And helping others is one of the most treasured gifts there is in human life, I think. It's really, really important. It's really, really special. And that's why parents love uh, their kids. Hopefully they do. Um, they love their kids because it's giving. You're, you're sharing with somebody else. It's a very special um, opportunity. It's, it's, a, it's a tremendous gift to be able to share with your kids. Um, so if you're thinking of the other person more than yourself sometimes, and I'm not saying you shouldn't think of yourself because we have to think of ourselves, but we have to nurture ourselves, nurture our minds, Nurture our bodies, nurture our spirits, uh, nurture all of the stuff that's inside of us. That's really important. It's like taking care of our own garden, right? But not to the selfish extreme where it becomes very ego-driven, where I have to be right. Because once you start to feel that it's better to be right than to be kind, you're running into problems. Because think of that stubborn, bullish pride that you just have to win. You have to be right. Um, if you have to be right... Just so right, I don't care, F you, screw you, bad words, blah, blah, blah. You're only feeding your ego. You're only feeding the fact that you have to be right. And that person's wrong, and then now the intimacy's gone, right? Now, there are some times where, you know, it's important to stand your ground. You know, so if you have a specific belief behind something that you feel adamant about, you need to stand up behind that. Why? Because it's important to you. And there's nothing wrong with that, because that's communicating that. But not at the cost of hurting somebody else or hurting a good relationship. 
Um, because, again, for example, if, if I feel strongly about something with my wife, I will, I will express that. I will say, I don't like X, Y, Z, but let's see if we can meet halfway. Or, I don't like this. What do you feel about it, though? I'd, like to, I'd really like to hear your viewpoint on it. You see what I mean? It's communicating that. And, and that's important, to hear the other person and come up with a good solution. At the end of the day, you shouldn't feel upset about your decision. You shouldn't feel guilt or shame. Right? You should feel good about it because that's your decision that you came up with together. Um, and vice versa. You know, there are times where, for example, um, I'm feeling very, let's say I'm feeling very lonely or sad or um, like you don't really, it doesn't seem like you care too much about me, right? Um, that's important to communicate that. And it's important for the other person to sit down and say, well, what does it look like for you to, what would it look like for you to feel like you're being paid attention to? And you have to communicate back. Well, let's see. If, if you spoke to me kindly, that means a lot to me. If you told me you loved me at least once a day, um, maybe you, you don't have to buy me a flower. If this is, if you're into flowers or whatever, as an example. Uh, but you could pick one out of a garden and give it to me with a smile and say you love me and give me a hug. I would say you love me. It's important to communicate that stuff because the person can't read your mind sometimes. You need to tell them what you like. Now, let's face it. Some people are just dumb. Some people don't figure it out themselves. And we want people to figure it out themselves. That's how we're built. It's natural. It's natural. It should be natural that you show... Um, kindness and affection to other people. It's sort of built into us. It's sort of a natural thing that happens, right? So hopefully, for the most part, that happens naturally. So I'm talking about times when it is not so natural, when uh, you have to do the extra work. Because sometimes in life, especially later in life, uh, with, with adult relationships, when we have careers and homes and kids and school and all these different things, it gets tough. It gets tough, man. Sometimes, you know, there's ailing parents that you're taking care of, and that can get frustrating. That can be really frustrating and emotional. So, for example, when my mother was dying, uh, it, was, uh, it was very challenging, very emotionally challenging. So I was sort of detracted. I wasn't quite, quote-unquote, there, you know, for everyone else, or like my wife, right? So, but she understood that. So that's where this communication and true love, mature love steps in where she says, hey, honey, is there anything I can do to help? That's all. That's all that, you know, that was required. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then there were times where I stop and I'll say, okay, I'm going to spend time with you guys this weekend, my wife and kids, because I've been really uh, predisposed to taking care of my mother and father and my family and helping them, but I want to spend time with my family. That was a conscious decision. Again, communication and working on relationships takes work. So what do you do? Where do you start with all of this? What does this all mean? Well, you start by taking a look inside first. Make sure you check your container inside. Make sure you check the home inside your heart. Check your human heart. Check your brain. Check your mind. Check your spirit. Check your soul. Take a look at things. Take some time. Take a walk in nature. Meditate. Relax. Unwind a little bit. Think first inside how you are affecting your own self inside your own mind first. Because everything that happens is inside your mind. 
So you have to be aware of that. Maybe jot down some notes. Get a notepad and write down some notes of things that are bothering you and why. Without blaming anybody else. This is the key. Without blaming anybody else, take full 100% responsibility for everything it is that you feel. And figure, try to figure out roughly what that's trying to say. Meaning, boy, I'm being real needy. Do I have to be so needy? You might realize that, man, I'm not giving quite enough to that relationship. I really want to give more to that relationship. Why? Because I love that person so much and I would be devastated if, if I lose them. Sometimes, as, as masochistic as this sounds, sometimes it helps to imagine that person not being in your life or, or having a tragedy happen, how you'd feel about that. Um, now, some of you might be so angry with your loved one that you may, wa may not want to do that because it may bring you joy, but it doesn't. If it brings you joy that somebody's hurting, there's something wrong inside your own head because you shouldn't be feeling violent, hurtful, or angry feelings like that inside of you. And although somebody may be doing something that you don't agree with, you have full responsibility inside of how you, how you feel about that. You have control over how you feel inside your own brain. And that's why you always start with you first. Next to that is that um, I use, a, a, again, I love using metaphors or symbology, but I like to use an orange as an example. If you cut an orange in half, and I love oranges, which is probably why I say this, Inside the orange, you squeeze the orange, and what are you going to get? Orange juice. No matter how hard you try, you're not going to get apple juice, cranberry juice, anything else other than orange juice, because that's, what that's what's inside. Well, it's like us. What's inside of us is really kindness, love, uh, exuberance, joy, honor, respect. All the wonderful stuff is inside of us. That's what we're made of. That's how we're created. We were created. We came to birth with a smile on our face and, and crying, of course, because we're hungry or cold, right? We, we want attention. We want somebody to help take care of us when we're, when we're young. But we're, we're looking outside. We're opening our eyes. We're, we're happy. We're smiling and giggling at, at the silliest little things because that's what's inside of us. So the next tip would be to let that express itself. Let the best part of yourself, let the best you shine outward towards others. Be the light unto others. Don't wait for others to light your way. Don't wait for others to, uh, to make you happier. Remember, happiness is the way. It's not a thing you attain. Happiness is just the experience along the way. It doesn't really require anyone else to make you happy. So if you self-reflect first and work on you first, Reflect outward as though you are made of love and extending that outward. That's your mission in life, but that's really important. Okay. The next step would be associating with and aligning yourself with the appropriate audience, the appropriate people, the appropriate relationships. Don't hang out with people that you don't enjoy hanging out with. Don't, don't look for others for approval. Don't seek approval. Don't be an approval seeker. Don't, don't look for that. Stay away from that. Look for people in your life that are going to lift you up and make you feel better, but not because you need it, just because you align with that. You know, for example, um, if if I'm a turtle, um, I'm going to go hang around in ponds with other turtles. I'm not going to climb out of the water and go hang out with coyotes, right? It's not going to work out so well. Well, it's the same way in human life. You want to associate with like-minded people, 
And you want to associate with yourself with people that will help lift you up and bring you to a better place. So that might be, be moving towns, moving to different locations, making different friends, uh, different schools, different churches, uh, maybe joining a church or uh, some kind of institution, maybe a, maybe a community group or something. You can always make it happen. You can always choose to, to go affiliate yourself with some organization that's going to help better you and help you help others better themselves, right? You always have that capability. So you want to do that. And when it comes to relationships, make, make it an effort. Make it an important effort that you're communicating with them, that you're expressing your deepest love for them. If it's genuine, if it's not genuine, then maybe it's time to move on. You know, if it's something that, that um, you, you're in the relationship out of habit or you're afraid to be alone, again, this is what you learn with self-reflection, then you have to be honest about it because the best relationships are, are natural. The best relationships um, are like what's in nature. You know, you got the bee on the flower, the flower and the bee. Uh, they naturally attract, attract each other. That's what happens in human life. We're romantically attracted or physically attracted to somebody. We have things that are biological things going on. We have hormones and pheromones and different things. We have visual visual cues, audio cues, um, touch cues, all kinds of things that attract us, that bring us into the house of real love. And then once that initial honeymoon is over, we have enough propellant fuel to launch us off into space. Now it's time for the ride. And sometimes it gets rough, but the ones with the strongest launch have the ability to really um, go through the tumultuous times and work together. Why? Because they have natural love together. And I'll tell you, natural love is not the romantic love that you see in Hollywood movies, okay? The romantic love brings you together, and throughout your life, if you're with the same person for a long time, you will have moments of that, but it's different. It's more about how I'm... How am I going to serve you? How may I serve you? How may I help you? How may I love you more? How may I love you and our children more? How may I serve my community more? How may I serve my church more, my school more, the children more, humanity more? How can I love my country more? How can I love the world more? How can I love nature more? You see what I'm saying? It's about how I can love more. At the same time, <clears throat> again, hanging out with the right, great crowds, not letting in garbage. Don't watch garbage news. It's going to make you angry or upset because you, you are what you eat. It doesn't always mean food. Mental food counts too. All of that stuff is really important for self-improvement. But back to relationships. Back to relationships. Relationships. Um, you know, so it should be a natural thing that's inside. You, your gut and your heart are like a magnet. They just know. There's a, there's a knowing that's deep down in there to know whether this is, is right or wrong. All the other stuff is totally communication-based. You can work it out. You can work it out. And if you can't work it out, then I remember reading this great book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by, uh, I think it was Stephen Covey. And one of the keys in that book was a win-win or no deal. That's what it always came down to, and I love that mentality. Win-win or no deal. So if you're going to go into a, a, a relationship or a deal with somebody, it has to be a win-win. Win for you, a win for me, or no deal. Because that makes sense. Because why get into it if it's not going to benefit both of you? It's the same with a relationship. There should be a, a, a win for both of you. Um, it should be something very nurturing and loving and, and warm inside for both of you. 
in a relationship. Now, will there be times where you you loathe each other? There are times where you might hate each other or anger each other or bitter at each other? Absolutely. That's human nature. There will be times when you feel that way about yourself. But you quickly get past that because you know that that's not on course. You know that that's not your truest nature. That's just a temporary event. It's kind of like a thunderstorm or a bolt of lightning that comes by or a rainstorm. It's temporary. Because all storms pass. All storms pass. And then it's sunny. And it's cloudy. Then it's sunny. Mostly sunny. Mostly, that's my forecast here. Mostly sunny skies. Beautiful clear blue skies with passing showers. Occasional thunderstorms or snowstorms. It's kind of how things are in life. So give some focus on your relationships. First relationship is with yourself. Focus on the relationship with yourself. And that includes relationships with whatever you believe in. If you believe in God or Jesus or Muhammad or, or anything you believe in. And, and if you don't, maybe you want to start trying. Maybe there's something you want to explore to find a more a better spiritual connection. It's still ultimately the relationship with yourself because deep down there's the real you, the real self that hears these words, that does the thinking before the thinking, the one who knows, the one deep down that just knows, your gut, your heart. That relationship is number one. It's not ego driven. It's pure light. It's pure love. It's pure radiance. That's who you really are. That relationship is important. And then allowing nature to bring you together with others in your life that are like-minded, that you just have that synergy with. Then you work on those relationships. You continue to grow and mature through life at any age, to any age. It doesn't matter how old you are. And, and, you, and you nurture those relationships. And you grow those relationships. And you make other relationships. And that's the essence of life, I think, is... Relationships, because we're human beings. Human beings. We're supposed to be... It's, it's, it's like this universe that we live in, right? The word universe. Uni is one, and verse is song. So it's kind of like one song. Universe. We all live in this universe. We all live in this one song together. And if you love or hate it, you know, there's billions of people on this planet. It's all relationships, man. It's all relationships. Again, it could be the store clerk... It could be your schoolmate, it could be your friends, it could be people you pass by, it could be your girlfriend, your boyfriend, it could be your, your husband, your wife, spouse, lover, whatever. It could be a relationship with your pet, it could be a relationship with nature, your relationship with how you treat food, it could be a relationship with, you know, anything you do in your life. It's all about relationships. So nurture your relationship with yourself and then nurture relationships outside of yourself and you'll just start start to see how how well your world grows just by thinking that differently. So good luck, and I hope you have excellent, excellent relationships because they're really, really special and very, very important.